thank you uh, for that. Philippians chapter 4, if you're able and you have uh, that place in the scripture, if you'll stand with me as we read a portion of God's word here this evening. Philippians 4, and um, let's this, uh, Philippians 4, let me read here with us uh, beginning at verse number 10, then we'll skip toward the end of the chapter. And uh, here we read in verse number 10, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you also were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. And then if you'll skip with me to verse number 14, Paul said, Notwithstanding, you have well done that you did communicate with my affliction. And this word here, communicate, is, is literally they gave, they gave to his need. Um, and he said, you communicated with my affliction. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your accounts. But I have all and abound. I am full. Having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. I want to stop at that point there. And what we're Looking at tonight is, is here in this uh, context here, the heart of a missions-minded church. And you'll see this heart of the church at Philippi. We saw last week the heart of the missionary, the heart of, of the Apostle Paul. But now we see the heart of the church towards Paul the Apostle. It's really a, a precious uh, love relationship between the missionary and the church as we, as we read about Paul and the Philippian church. And if you uh, go to the Lord with me in prayer, uh, let's ask his help and guidance tonight. And let's take just a moment to, to yield ourselves to the Lord. The uh, uh, Lord would have his way tonight. We, as always, we so need him here this evening. Father, thank you. What a privilege it is to all the word of God. And Lord, tonight we ask that you would be our teacher and our guide. And Lord, I do thank you for the testimony here at this church at, at Philippi. And their love for Paul and Paul's love for this church. And Lord, I pray that we can have that type of relationship with our missionaries. And Lord, those that you have allowed us to be a part of and them to be a part of our lives. And Lord, we can have the heart of a, of a missions-minded church. And Lord, would you here tonight even, I don't know how you are going to speak to a heart, but it's not by accident. Any person's here. And, and Lord, I, I know every time we gather together, we're so dependent upon you speaking to lives and just taking your word at the very point of need. And we're claiming that tonight. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated this evening. And uh, as we uh, pointed out, uh, I, I believe on Sunday night, I believe the, the book of Philippians is really a, a thank you letter uh, from the Apostle Paul uh, to the church at Philippi. And uh, as, we, as we've seen, Paul at this point is a prisoner in Rome. And it's evident that he's suffering great need as he has ministered for the cause of Christ. In those days, uh, prisoners were not treated like prisoners of uh, the United States of America today. Uh, if you were a prisoner, you were responsible for your own care. 
And so your food and your clothing and your needs would be met by maybe friends or, or those that uh, would be uh, maybe have a, a heart for you. And uh, that was the case here with Paul. And while he's there a prisoner, he's suffering great need. Uh, but he's writing a thank you letter to this church because this church had ministered to his need. They sent to that need. And it's evident that they had done so not only on this occasion, but they had done so previously on numerous others, uh, other occasions. And so Paul, as he writes this letter, is grateful for their supply, but he really understands it's a letter of gratitude. And it's evident that Paul was not depending upon the church of Philippi to meet his needs. He was dependent upon God. And he's understanding that it is God that gives and ministers to his trust was not in the church, but his trust was in God. And God knew his needs, and he used the church at Philippi to meet the needs of Paul. And so that's kind of the relationship. They were simply a vessel through which God gave to minister to the missionary. I mentioned the spiritual secret of Hudson Taylor, but missionary to China. And uh, I, I noticed in reading the biography of Hudson Taylor, uh, God had put upon his heart to never ask anyone uh, for financial uh, blessings in his life. And uh, he believed that he could take that to the Lord. God had put that upon his heart. And he felt God that uh, God had made that clear that he was to take every need to the Lord. And so it, it was so precious to, to read that without expressing his needs to others, he would voice those needs to God. And over and over and over and over, God would use various churches or individuals to send to his needs and minister his, to his needs. And often it was very specific answers to prayer. And I think I've shared in the past about George Mueller, who provided for over 2,000 orphans. And he did so in prayer to God. And literally in answer to prayer received what would today be millions of dollars in caring for those orphans and God's but interestingly, not only is George Mueller praying for the needs of the orphans under his care, he's also praying for Hudson Taylor and other missionaries. And I was amazed on one account. Hudson Taylor had a specific need. He took that need to God. He goes out to the mailbox in China and he discovers that God put that very specific need on the heart of George Mueller and George Mueller sent to minister to Hudson Taylor. And it was just a miracle uh, to see God's working in both instances. And so it is with the missionary and with the Apostle Paul uh, and the church uh, at Philippi. Uh, because Paul's trust was in the Lord, uh, as we saw last week, Paul learned to be content. And this is a, this is a great uh, blessing. Uh, number one, uh, to have no worries because I've taken every care to the Lord and I can rejoice in the Lord with all my heart. And worry is a great robber of joy. And Paul said that he rejoiced in the Lord always. And then it's very evident, he says, I've learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Uh, Paul's contentment was on the Lord, and he said, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. I know to how, how to be content if God has blessed me with much, and I know how to be content if God has blessed me with nothing. My, my uh, contentment is in the Lord. It's not in what I possess. It's not in my circumstances. It's not in the people of my life. My contentment is in the Lord, and everything else flows 
out of that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that was Paul's heart. Now, what I want to look at tonight is some thoughts that I hope Valley Bible Baptist can be a blessing to us. I love uh, missions, love to preach on missions, and uh, love to look at the heart of the church at Philippi. It was a missions-minded church, and we see here the giving spirit of this church at Philippi toward the missionary. Now, I, I want to point out just a, a few thoughts. Number one would be the spiritual sensitivity of this church. Uh, it's very evident that this church loved the Apostle Paul. And Brother Randy, very grateful for you because I know this church loves you. And uh, it's not by accident that you're here tonight and uh, that we're preaching on this and just where it comes up. But uh, I know this church loves Brother Randy, Miss Naomi. They pray for uh, the Shul family uh, on a regular basis as you're there in uh, Cambodia and ministering. And, and I've watched churches, you've done so with the multitudes of other missionaries. And, and you've loved those missionaries and you've prayed for those missionaries. And, and you've had a great relationship with those missionaries. And that's the way it ought to be. Uh, this church at Philippi loved the Apostle Paul, and rightfully so, because God used Paul to plant this church. And you go back into the book of Acts chapter 16, and I love the Macedonian vision of Paul. He's seeking the direction of God, and, and God, uh, by way of a vision, uh, calls him into Macedonia. And, and we know in Acts chapter 16, he makes his way to the chief city of that region of Macedonia, which was the city of Philippi. And you read the account of Lydia there by the river, trusting the Lord along with her household and following the Lord in baptism. And I believe they became a part of this church at Philippi. And then we read the account of the slave girl and uh, the demons are cast out and she is uh, evidently coming to know the Lord. I think part of that church at Philippi. And, and then the jailer, because Paul is thrown into prison and the jailer and his family, God works a miracle. And I believe they're a part of this church at Philippi. And, and this church had a great relationship with Paul. Paul had been used of God in planting that church. And it was in Philippi that Paul was arrested. He was beaten for the cause of Christ. He was cast into the inner prison. His feet, he and Silas, their feet were cast into stocks. They were chained literally to the walls of the prison. And this church was thankful for Paul's sacrifice. And they loved Paul. And they prayed for Paul. But I believe this love for the church... Uh, that uh, caused that church to pray for and to be concerned about Paul's needs. Now, I want to go back and look at a couple of thoughts here. Uh, Paul said in verse number 10, he says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Now, it's evident this church was burdened for Paul, and uh, it seems they tried to minister but didn't quite have the opportunity. I don't know if they did not know exactly where Paul was located at that time, the fact that he was now in a Roman uh, prison, and uh, I don't know if that's the case, but they lacked opportunity to meet to him. But when that opportunity revealed itself, they took advantage and uh, uh, sent Epaphroditus with a gift specifically for Paul the Apostle. He says in verse number 10, I rejoiced in the Lord. And that's very clear that rejoicing in the Lord, it was the Lord that met that need. He was not dependent upon this church, dependent upon the Lord. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly now that the last year care of me hath flourished again. 
He recognized the Lord had provided this need and this church at Philippi was simply the vessel to that need. Now go to verse number 14. In verse number 14, he says, Notwithstanding, Paul commended them. He says, You have done well that you did communicate with my affliction. Uh, he commends them not only for this gift, but for other times that they had seen the needs of Paul the Apostle, and they were used of God to meet those needs. He says in verse number 15, he said, Now ye Philippians know this also, or know also, that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed into Macedonia from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica you sent once and again to my necessity. Now if you go back into the book of Acts, uh, you will find in a sense that Paul was forced out of Philippi. And he went to the city of Thessalonica and there he preached in Thessalonica. And here he's acknowledging that when I went to Thessalonica, you sent not only once but again and uh, several times evidently to my needs in Thessalonica. And they ministered to Paul. Now here's what I want you to see in this of the heart of a missions-minded church. You see, it, it's evident that this church at Philippi was spiritually sensitive to the needs of Paul. Uh, they have been praying for Paul, and they discerned Paul's lack, and they sent to me that lack or that need. What I notice is that they were available to God. Uh, they were a vessel through which God gave to meet the need of Paul the Apostle. And I believe a, a church that has that mind, a church that's sensitive to the Lord, a church that's willing to listen to the voice of God, a church that's willing uh, to be that vessel through which God can give. And, uh, you know, our missionaries, uh, they have some needs. It's not always financial. Sometimes there are needs of prayer. I remember uh, a particular time that uh, we had a missionary that uh, we didn't know the needs, but God had put that missionary upon the heart of this church. And what we didn't know is while that missionary was upon the heart of this church, that missionary was facing uh, some very severe things with the... Uh, with the gangs in that particular country. And here we were praying for that missionary, and God had put that upon the heart. And as we're praying, God is delivering that missionary on his field in that particular instance. I, I believe this is being spiritually discerning. This is what God calls a church to do as we pray for the missionaries, to pray for their needs, to pray for their protection, uh, to pray for spiritually their growth and their blessing in the Lord Jesus Christ, the temptations that they're facing, the difficulties that they're facing that maybe we're not quite discerning or understanding, but we can know there's a need and we're to pray for that need and minister in that case to be spiritually discerning. I believe this church at Philippi was spiritually discerning of Paul, their missionary. Now that brings us, if you go to verse number 18, what we would say the sacrifice of this church. There was the spiritual sensitivity of the church, but then there's the sacrifice. In verse number 18, Paul called this gift a sacrifice to the Lord. He says, but I have all that abound Paul's acknowledging that you sent to me, I was in great need, but now you've ministered to that need, and now I have all. My needs have been met, and I abound. He said, I'm full, having received of Epaphroditus the things that were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, and notice this statement, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. Now, Paul called this gift a sacrifice to the Lord. 
Now, they love Paul, and they were giving to minister to Paul, but in reality, it becomes very clear they were giving not to Paul, but they were giving to the Lord. And so this is the part that I noticed. You see, it was Paul that ministered to them, and, uh, and it was them that ministered to Paul, and it was Paul depending upon the Lord, and though they're giving to Paul, they're giving to the Lord. And so this is the neat, uh, the neat uh, teamwork that they're playing with the missionary. And Paul recognized here that they were really giving to the Lord. It was a sacrifice well-pleasing to the Lord. Now, I want you to, to keep your place here. Go with me to the book of 2 Corinthians. If you'll back up just a bit, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Uh, because I think we can understand a little better uh, the sacrificial gift of this church. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8... And as you look at uh, the first part of this chapter, and uh, Paul has the church at Philippi along with the church at Thessalonica in mind. He says, Moreover, brethren, in verse 1, we do to you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. Now this is the grace of giving. It's an illustration of the grace of giving. And he's using the church at Philippi and the church at uh, at Thessalonica to explain this and God is doing through them what they could not do on their own and so this is the grace of giving and I want you to notice the sacrifice of their giving as God is describing it notice in verse 3 out of affliction how then at a great trial of affliction now I believe that this church and the church at Thessalonica faced persecution some faced imprisonment, and yet they continued to give out of that affliction. Uh, they not only gave out of that affliction, but they did so in the abundance of their joy. They gave joyfully out of that affliction. But notice also, out of their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. And so they gave out of poverty. They were not wealthy by any means. And so they're giving liberally out of that poverty. Understand, they're not giving pocket change. Uh, they're not giving the leftovers. Uh, they're giving of, uh, of the very best of their ability. And uh, not only out of their ability, but notice in verse number 3, they're giving supernaturally. He says, but to their power I bear record, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves. So they gave beyond their power, they gave supernaturally, but they gave in verse number 4, purposefully praying us with much entreaty, that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. Uh, and then the key to it all in verse number 5, And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Now what God is describing here in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 is the sacrificial giving of this church. And they are sacrificially giving unto the Lord, a vessel through which God gives to minister to the needs of Paul. Now, as you look here in verse number 3 of 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and then we'll go back uh, to, the, to the book of, of uh, Philippians chapter 4. Uh, notice not only the sacrifice of this church, but the supply of this church. In verse number 8, this church, or verse number 3, this church was not wealthy by any means. And that they gave liberally. He says, for to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves. It was really God giving 
through them. Now, I've heard it said this way. There are some people that do it to love their ability. That's most people. And then there are some people that do it at their ability. But here was a church that gave beyond their ability. It was supernatural giving. It was God giving through them. And as God gave through them, they were vessels through which God gave. And it was God that gave to them so that he could give through them. Now, with that, go back to Philippians Four, in Philippians chapter 4, you see here the sacrifice on the supply of their giving. As they're giving sacrificially, and Paul recognized this, he says in verse number 19 to this church, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Here's something that I have discovered, and we've said this many times is you can't outgive God. When you are faithful to obey God, uh, God will bless in ways that you could never have had had you not been obedient unto the Lord. Uh, when you are faithful and giving uh, as the Lord directs you, uh, you have the promise of His supply. And this is what Paul is saying, My God shall supply all of your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Evident this church at Philippi this miraculous supply, and I don't believe there was any explanation for what they did. The only thing that you could say is that God did. Uh, God gave through them. Uh, they saw the need of Paul, and they prayed that God would meet that need, and they became the vessel through which God gave to minister to that specific need. And I believe as, as we look at that, the source of their supply was none other but the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe God's supply ministered through them to the Apostle Paul. But I think it went beyond this. Uh, I believe that God's supply went beyond what he gave through them. But it's evident he supplied also their needs. My God shall supply all your need. Here's the amazing thing. They gave miraculously, supernaturally to the needs of Paul, but now Paul's reminding them, my God is just as he used, used to supply my need, my God is going to supply your need. He's going to take care of you. Uh, it's not your greeds and your wants, but my God will supply your needs. Although I have found this, sometimes God does give well beyond our needs. And he's so good and so gracious to us. Notice the source of that supply. He said in verse 19, My God shall supply all your needs according to His riches in glory by Jesus. Now, my God lacks no ability or availability. You see, my God has all the riches at His disposal. And what Paul is saying is you were used of God, you prayerfully followed what God wanted you to do. You met my specific need, and now my God will supply your need, but it's according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Oh, what a supply. I read a story that, that just blessed my heart, and it reminds me, I think, of what's taking place here. An American journalist was interviewing a wealthy leader from India. It was actually in India interviewing this leader for an article that he was going to write. And that leader noticed that he was taking notes with a pen. And the leader said to this journalist, that's a neat pen. Where did you get that? And the journalist immediately says, here, 
give it to you. I've got some more. And the leader of India, he was so impressed with that gift and with that pen. And uh, as the leader gave, or as this journalist gave to that leader, the, the leader then says uh, to the journalist, what can I give you for this pen? What do you need? And the journalist said, uh, no, it's a gift. Um, it's a small token. It didn't cost me much. It's a gift. You don't owe me anything. And the leader continued to press this journalist. He says, no, I, I want to give you something. Uh, for this pen. Uh, I want to give you something for your kindness. And he said, I'm soon going to be coming to America, and when I come to America, I want to do something for you. What can I do for you? And the journalist finally relented, and he said something to this effect. He said, well, uh, if you want to do that, I like to play golf, and you can give me a golf club when you come to America. So a few months later, the journalist had made his way back to America. He receives his call, and this wealthy leader from India says, I'm now in America. And he says, I not only got you one golf club, but I got you two golf clubs. And he said, you're going to be pleased to know that both clubs have 18 holes. And he says, and one of the clubs actually has a swimming pool on the grounds. And he said, these are a gift to you for a ballpoint pen. And as I read that story, it reminded me of the Lord. And so many times what God has done on my behalf. I feel like I have given the Lord so little, and yet He's given me so much. And it's been far more than I've ever deserved. I found that I could not outgive the Lord. You know, Valley Bible Baptist, I've witnessed as the Lord has used our church as a vessel through which to give. But what I've also noticed is that the more we've given, the more God has given to us. And we have never lacked the supply of God. In fact, as we were building this building, we made it a point that we weren't going to cut back on what we did for missions. And it was so blessed to see how God over and over and over and over, met not only our needs, but far beyond our needs. I feel like the Lord gave us uh, more than two golf clubs with 18 holes, and He has gone beyond anything and everything. I feel so much and so inadequate with what we have been able to do, uh, just a vessel through which God gives, and yet amazingly, God over and over abounds to us. That's the supply that the church had gained. Now, I want you to go back to verse number 17. And I want to close with a thought here because there's the satisfaction gained by this church. Paul says to this church, he said, You did right, notwithstanding, in verse 14, you have done well in that you did communicate with my affliction. He said that he commended them for that. You've done well. And he said, you not only did it this time, you did it uh, more than once, uh, and when I was in Thessalonica, you sent to my necessity. But I want you to notice in verse 17, he said, not because I desire a gift. What Paul's expressing, my trust is in the Lord. You're simply the vessel through which God is given. It's not that I desired necessarily the gift from you, but I desire, what does Paul say, fruit that may abound to your account. What Paul is recognizing is that in their giving, 
that there would be fruit that would be to the account of the church at Philippi. And when Paul mentions that, that fruit, it's the investment into Paul and into his life. And that investment would live on because Paul the Apostle was then able to take the gospel on to the Western world. And he went uh, from Philippi, the, the first door, into the West. And then he went to Thessalonica. And, and now as he writes this letter, he's in Rome. And uh, something very interesting, look at verse number 22. Remember, Paul's in prison. He's in Rome. And, and now he says, all the saints salute you. But notice the statement, chiefly they that are of Caesar's household. That's a blessing. You see, I think if nothing else, Paul became a prisoner because there are some in Caesar's household that need the Lord Jesus Christ. And they've trusted the Lord. And here this church has sent to Paul, the missionary, and there's going to be fruit that's going to go to their account. And there was fruit in Thessalonica. There was a church that was planted in Thessalonica that was fruit to the account of the church at Philippi. And now uh, these from Caesar's own household that they have never met, but they've been converted because a church has ministered to the needs of Paul. That's fruit to the account of this church in Philippi. Oh, what a satisfaction. I enjoy getting prayer letters. Brother Randy, we just heard two young ladies and called upon the Lord your last Sunday there. What a blessing. Fruit to the account of Valley Bible Baptist. And what a blessing. What a satisfaction to see the ministry that God gives through the missionaries. Fruit to the account of those that have given. And that's, that's the, the testimony that Paul said, I, I desire fruit to your account. And then you think about this fruit to their account, the book of Philippians. We still read it. Fruit to the account of the church at Philippi. And here's a thank you letter back to this church that now is in the Word of God, the inspired Word of God, fruit to the account of that church. Uh, but then ultimately, look at verse number 20. He says, Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. That satisfaction, they brought glory to the Lord, and all glory went to God. Now think about this. Here's the church at Philippi. They are a church in poverty. They're a church in much affliction. Not a wealthy church by any means, and yet they gave liberally beyond their ability. And I guarantee you this church is not able to say, Look what we did. No, 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 no. Uh, they didn't have the ability. What they're able to say is look what God did. Look what God gave. Look how God provided. Look how God accomplished this. All glory and unto the Lord. Uh, it's to His credit. And let me just remind us, should God use you for anything? It's not you. It's the Lord. Don't ever take credit for a soul that gets saved. God just used you as a vessel. Don't ever take credit for a Sunday school class that you begin to see grow. You're just a vessel. Don't ever take credit because you were able to press some money in and God gave that money that you might give. The glory goes to the Lord. All credit, all glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. I think this is the heart of what Paul is expressing through this church. It's a missions-minded church. There's spiritual sensitivity. They prayed for Paul, and they discerned Paul's got a need. Uh, Lord, would you give through us to the need of Paul? And they did so. Not only did they give, but they gave with sacrifice. It was a sacrificial gift. 
And it was a gift that's sacrificially given but supplied by the Lord Jesus Christ. And it was a gift that then abounded in fruits for all of eternity. The satisfaction of that gift of a missions-minded church. I would like with that, let's bow our heads. Let's go to the Lord.